0: Folks, the Winnipeg Jets had to settle something of a score. Paul Maurice returning to Winnipeg with the Florida Panthers after he resigned as Jets head coach last season. There was some unresolved bad blood between him and some of the players. While he may have really appreciated a lot of the guys on the team, there were probably some players on the team who didn't quite see things his way. Well, the Jets got their way this evening and won five to two in a massive victory over the Florida Panthers. Stay tuned to hear more about how the Jets accomplished it and why this was a pretty fun victory all around. For Locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Doing so it's completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, we're going to be diving into Winnipeg versus Florida. The Jets, you've probably seen by now, have won 5-2 in a pretty decisive victory. Now, if you look at the expected goals, charts, and all that, uh, the Jets obviously had some issues with the Panthers, especially as the game wore on. But I'm going to be honest, I think that overall... I was fairly pleased with this game. I think the Jets took care of business. They did a really good job against a fast and dynamic Florida team, and Hellebuck covered over you know just about every mistake the Jets made. And I think when you have somebody who was as good as Hellebuck is, you can afford to take a few risks. I mean, Helly is kind of the glue that holds this team together, and when he's on his top form, you know, the Jets are a little bit more carefree, sometimes a little too carefree, but at least, you know, they're wanting to create offense and get aggressive. This game definitely kicked off pretty quickly, I would say. Uh the Jets and Panthers were both moving back and forth pretty rapidly, looking for good odd-man rushes, trying to generate off of counters. It was, you know, a a pretty despite the the speed of the game, a little bit of a cagey start at least. I think both teams were definitely skating a lot and trying to create space, but neither team wanted to be the first to make that mistake. Well, unfortunately for the Panthers and Paul race, they actually were the ones to, well, struggle a little bit early. Uh, the Jets were creating a couple of good looks against, uh, at first it was Spencer Knight, and eventually, of course, Bobrovsky came in later, but, you know, for the first bit, we had Spencer, who's supposed to be the top goalie for this team, and, you know, the Jets had a power play around the second half of the opening 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, he didn't really have much of a chance on this one, but Shifley had a beautiful assist from uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and basically just sort of reached around Spencer's pads and scored. It's exactly the kind of thing that that the power play is frankly needed. I think this first power play unit doesn't really have the kind of rapid puck movement that it really should. I think if the Jets sped things up a little bit, you'd probably see even more goals you know the power play has been scoring a little bit more recently but this is still a unit that has room to grow which is crazy to say because like this jets power play used to be like the most feared in the entire nhl as it is right now it's it's not great I'll be honest but they've found a way to make it work so far for the past couple of games and it'd be nice if they can at least compensate for the lack of puck movement with maybe a few extra finishes but after that you know the, the jets did kind of also give up a a power play goal not even a minute afterwards, so not super ideal. But, I mean, this Panthers team, we all know this is not a squad that you can really afford to take penalties against. And, uh, you know, that they have great puck movement, very rapid cycling, all the stuff that the Jets don't really defend all that well. And this PK didn't really take long for uh, Carter Verhage to make it 1-1. But, you know, the Jets are not a team to really sit back and commiserate and not long after that Kyle Connor uh, connected with Pierre-Luc Dubois for a really quick answer not even like 30 seconds after that you know uh, the Jets are right back in the lead and things are looking pretty good and I mean Winnipeg you know this is a team that for a lot of folks we're still trying to figure out what they are are they really good are they bad or are they somewhere in between and I think you know the, the truth of this team is it's kind of in the middle, right? You don't really know. It's not an average of consistently mediocre performances. It's more like the Jets kind of go from bound to bound, right? In this game, I thought they were pretty darn good, but in other games, they've been really bad, and it's it's it just kind of bounces back and forth. Thankfully, even in the games in which they're bad, they've often got wins out of it because Hellebuck is fantastic, and the Jets still have enough scoring punch to make the most of some dangerous opportunities. So, This is a team that, I don't know, I'm I'm enjoying watching. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, when it was under Maurice for the past couple of years, guys just didn't really seem super connected to the team. And I certainly didn't feel like I was connected personally as a fan. I feel like, you know, that that sense of fan pride in the Jets is back. I think Winnipeg is playing really good hockey for the most part. Uh, You know, sure. The numbers might not be there yet in terms of a lot of underlying results and, you know, Hellebuck still has to bail this team out on a pretty routine basis. But the first two periods of this game, the Jets outplayed the Panthers and did so with pretty impressive margins. It's not often that you can say this about the Jets, uh, but you know this Winnipeg team, it seems like this year has been a bit of a corner turn uh, for a number of players. I, I think once Maurice left, the room kind of relaxed a bit. Guys seem like they're in much better moods. Uh, folks are happier and you know we're seeing players kind of getting back to their best Uh, you know the most important guys on this team guys like Hellebuck, Shifley, Morrissey all of these players are, are rounding in form everyone seems like they're really pleased and I mean when the vibes are this good and you're winning this many games it's really hard to find faults with the team it's not like previous years where it was only Hellebuck right there are other pieces of this team who have really stepped up, and I think that's important to note. Now, look, Hellebuck is still a huge portion of this team's success. Don't get it twisted. But I feel like there's more variation and more support from the rest of the team than there was in previous seasons. And that, for me, that's great to hear. Now, I did get some interesting comments. You know, we, we've seen some uh, stuff from from Shifley from the press scrums, and I thought it would be worth talking about maybe some of the reactions from the Jets to, you know, Palmer returning and why Winnipeg seems very eager to kind of move on to the next phase of Jets hockey. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need, whether you're looking for professional or amateur sports. They've got everything from football to basketball, soccer, esports, Ice hockey, of course, they've got European sports, including handball and football, automotive racing, triple crown horse racing. For those of you who get excited about that, I don't personally love horse racing, but I'm sure one of you do, uh, or even multiple uh, ones of you who are listening do. So, you know, you can always place a bet on that if you're interested, but maybe you want to take a break from sports in general and step over to some Vegas casino games because BetOnline knows that you don't have to have your entire life revolve around sports, but If you are like me and you still have to get your sports fixed, no matter what, they've also got great sports podcasts and news articles because BetOnline wants to offer the ultimate sports fan, the ultimate uh, sports fan experience. So if you're ready to get started, it really couldn't be easier. Just register for a free account right now at BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're taking a look now at Winnipeg's reactions to Paul Maurice returning and, and some interesting things and comments that people have said from you know the team. And uh, yeah, some of it's a little bit spicy, if I'm being honest. Before we dive into that, though, just wanted to recommend that you make your second listen of the day, uh, Locked On Sports Today. Today, Locked On Sports Today uh, brings you the games that matter and the biggest stories in sports, helping you go beyond a scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts, providing you insights that only Locked On can offer. Locked On Sports Today is an, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, we really love and appreciate your support. Now, circling back to the Jets, it was an interesting performance. Uh, A number of players really stood out for me on the ice. I think it was really impressive. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, and most interestingly, Mark Shifley. Now, Shifley for the past couple of years, (laughs) man, if there was ever a more polarizing figure in Jets hockey, it's probably Shifley, right? This guy has been a cornerstone of this team for years. When he was drafted, I mean, people thought it was a reach. There was, of course, the classic debate on Twitter about, you know, Sean Couturier versus uh, Shifley and and really would Shifley ever develop into a player that would really be equal of a franchise center, which Coots, when he was healthy, I mean, that guy was a beast, Uh, you know, a perennial do it all kind of player. I mean, he had great shot metrics. He was a constant creative force towards the end of that, that streak. He really started putting it in the back of the net and it wasn't, be, you know, until he he started facing a lot of injuries that his career really came into question. Shifley on the other hand has been an interesting player who kind of started off slower burn at first Uh, We used to call him Bambi because he would lose balance a lot. And then he sort of seemingly just stopped falling. And after that, I mean, you started to really see that dynamic offensive presence, a great shot, excellent passing and a keen awareness of space that very few players of his caliber have, you know, even a little bit of. So it was nice to see him become this dynamic offensive force. And in the season, like right before the Magic Cup run year and then the Cup run year, you saw. Shifley kind of peeking at his performance. I mean, this guy was almost unstoppable. And after that, things took a downward spiral. Uh, I I was going to say swing, but I feel like saying a spiral would probably be the more appropriate uh, description. And not just like in terms of on ice results, but Shifley himself just seemed angry. I I don't know. That's a vibe I got is that When Maurice was around, Shifley was pissed. Uh, He just didn't really look happy during press conferences. You got the sense that whatever was going on behind the scenes, Shifley just really didn't seem connected to it at all. There was a sort of a standoffishness with him during interviews. His body language was kind of like, I don't want to say indignant, but he, he definitely looked very tense and it seemed like he just didn't really have a good time. And I think that's not a great vibe to have when, you know, You're one of the star players on the team, and everyone kind of looks to you to be the example setter. But by the same token, can you really blame Mark? I mean, the team basically pissed away one of the best core groups of like a cup contender that we've ever seen. There was so many visions of of what this team could be, a a dynasty, really, right? A modern day NHL dynasty. And instead, instead, the Jets were kind of a one trick pony for a single season. And then after that, things fell apart. And so I I can't really be upset with Mark feeling like there was a missed opportunity that never really connected the dots afterwards. Um, And, you know, I was always kind of wondering, would Shifley return to form? Would he be the kind of guy that Jets fans would be happy to have on the team? And this year, man, he's been like a totally different dude. He just seems happier. He seems uh, really eager to impress. And in this game, he wanted to really send a message to Maurice. You notice that when he was scoring and, uh, you know, back-checking and doing pretty much anything on the ice, he was constantly showing off and strutting a little bit. This is the kind of thing that I think Shifley wanted to remind, you know, his former former bench boss, the stuff that he could do if he was really motivated. I mean, this was a dynamic performance from Mark and and really from the top six. And uh, it was cool to see. I mean, I, I think... Shifley at his best is unstoppable and truly one of the best forwards out there. But, you know, for a couple of years now, we haven't really seen it. And this season has kind of been his return to being a bit of a wagon. It was also interesting to hear, you know, folks ask him about Maurice's return and the ovation that he got. (laughs) Shifley did not respond to it at all, man. He was like, I just want to move on with the game. Uh, You know, it was a nice moment, but it's time for us to focus on the future. If ever there was sort of a, a very, strong indictment of what the relationship was like between Shifley and Maurice. I think this is it. You know, Mark's focusing on the future. He very much heaped praise on bonus, talking about how they're constantly in communication, how bones is constantly checking in on them, always looking for things to improve upon. Um, and I think that for me says, and and speaks volumes about the relationship that bones has with the team now and what has changed since Maurice left. So I think all of this is pushing towards this notion that bones was the right hire at the right time. You know, maybe there were better tactical coaches out there. Maybe there were guys who were going to turn this team into a juggernaut, but I think the first step for the jets is just healing. I think this team was like in a really screwed up place mentally and, you know, and socially. So it's nice to see that the guys are vibing along a lot better than they were. It seems like we're not really hearing about locker room dramas. The team is winning a lot of games Things are feeling and looking pretty up. Now, the Jets really can't afford to get lax. We're going to talk about their upcoming slate of games and what they have to prepare for as they go on the road for a brief trip before returning home for a good portion of December. We'll talk about it in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On. Winnipeg Jets We're just closing out real quick this evening with some thoughts on the Jets' upcoming schedule, which... Uh, Part of it is on the easier side. Part of it is pretty difficult. This week, they'll be heading out on the road to face the St. Louis Blues and the Chicago Blackhawks on uh, Wednesday or actually Thursday and Friday, which is, you know, a fun set of back to backs. Now, the Blues and the Hawks are both pretty bad. Um, You know, Chicago, we already know. But the Blues, I think, caught people a little bit off guard this year. If you actually looked at their defense, though, and saw what had happened to it and then also seen the goaltending that that they've been getting from um, whoever is in net other than Bennington and Bennington himself, you kind of realize the Blues don't have a lot of back-end support. Injuries really devastated that defense, and the team really hasn't recovered. I think they just won against the Islanders yesterday to snap a four-game losing skid, but they've had even longer losing streaks this season already. So St. Louis is pretty trash. Uh, the Hawks are having a rough year too. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Hawks seem slightly more functional to me, but also no one expects them to win games. So even if they kind of suck and, and really struggle, not really that important. I mean, their main thing is pretty much tanking for the future and getting ready for maybe a dose of bedard or a dose uh, a dose of bedard to the team. So we'll see how that goes. But it's the games after where the Jets are going to have to be really on their best behavior. I would say. This is kind of when the schedule definitely starts to tighten up a bit. They'll be coming back home, but you know, they'll be facing the Capitals, the Knights, and the Kraken. Uh, or actually, sorry, the Preds. Now, these three teams, uh, you know, the, the Capitals are probably the weakest of the three. I, I think Washington is kind of a shell of itself in part because of injuries. The Knights, on the other hand, they are, of course, still um just kind of kicking teams left and right. They've lost a couple of games here and there this season, but overall this golden Knights team is still among the league's best. And, you know, we've seen how Vegas can really hurt the jets. Winnipeg has managed to squeak out wins or, you know, OT points out of them before, but I I don't know if it's going to be something that they can do again. Hopefully the jets get a big win at home. They're definitely riding a good vibe streak right now, and they're in first place in the central. So things are feeling pretty up. I mean, this is a really good opportunity for the jets to grab a couple of wins against even more central division opponents. The Preds are there for the taking Nashville. Isn't that strong of a team? So I feel like the jets certainly have an opportunity for at least a point or two more. And then, you know, Winnipeg is going to be hitting the road for a couple of games against the Canucks and Kraken. The Kraken are going to be a tough one. Let me tell you that Seattle looks like it's in fine form. Uh, I believe a top 10 team in the NHL right now, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, The Jets, they definitely have some interesting games coming up. The schedule is not going to be easy. I think Winnipeg has a lot of work to do. Uh, And and kind of hanging over all of this is whether or not the Jets are going to make a forward trade. Apparently, Besser has had no real suitors other than one team seriously engaging with a conversation. So the forward market sounds like it might not be ideal, uh, which is interesting. I hope that the Jets are at least investigating opportunities for Potential major, potentially major transactions. I think this team is is closer than it was in previous years to being a true playoff threat, but they still need at least one or two more pieces to kind of push them over that hump. I think a lot of people are like, "Well, when Ehlers returns, he'll be a big addition." But I think you have to remember, sports hernia stuff can have lingering impacts even after supposed rehab and recovery. So we'll see what Ehlers looks like, but in the meantime the Jets probably should go shopping. I've I've recommended that before. We've talked about players on previous podcasts that Winnipeg should target, but until then, we're just going to have to sit on our hands and hope that the Jets have a good plan for getting themselves back into playoff uh, readiness. They're already in a good spot to make the playoffs pretty much a lock at this point. If they can just keep going on as they have so far, they might even win the, the division, which I don't think I really expected. I'm not sure anyone did, but You know, they've really challenged Dallas and a number of these top teams, so we'll see how it goes. You know, the Avs are certainly very injured. Dallas is, you know, a a squad that's probably going to have a really good second half of the year, but as long as the Jets keep on doing what they're doing and adds a little, you know, add a bit more scoring depth, maybe a top six or top nine forward somewhere. I think that'll do wonders for this team and help increase the vibes even more. Be curious to know how you feel about this game, though. What did you think of Paul Maurice's return? What do you think about Winnipeg's upcoming schedule? Let me know in the comments below or on my social medias, at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Sports today. It brings you the biggest stories, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available in all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube, so subscribe right now. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.